Well, hey, everybody. Mark here, and thanks so much for joining us for this week's Menlo Midweek Podcast. We have the Reverend Dr. Scott Palmbush back today as we dive into his message about Jesus as teacher. And it was a really fun episode, and whoopsie, I kind of leaked some of the fun events that we're going on here at Menlo towards Easter. So listen to the end of the episode for that, and we'd love to invite you to join us in person, whether that's at Sunday or some of the fun events that we have coming up between now and Easter. There's something that's going on at each campus for every age, so be on the lookouts for that. You can check menlo.church or our Instagram page for announcements. And we would love to see you there soon. So now let's go ahead and jump into today's podcast. Well, welcome everybody to the Menlo Midweek Podcast. My name is Mark. My name's Jessica. And we don't have Phil with us today. We Yay. have oh, wait. the Reverend Dr. Scott Palmbush. <laughs> He's back, everybody. Woo. Woo. Glad to be welcome here. Welcome back. Yeah. Yes. Always fun. Uh, I'm honestly a little bit surprised that you're here and not recovering from the extensive workout that you got during our knitting exercise. Mm, right. <laughs> that we did. Finger yes. cramps, huh? Yeah, let's talk more about that. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I, I, the trauma is still here. So if I, <laughs> not if, ready if I start, yet. you know, losing my mind. Uh, yeah, well, you guys were a part of the knitting experience. Yeah. So oh, yeah, we, we can all share that pain together, right? I mean... It was very oh, so. eye-opening for me. I learned something new about my wife, Missy. She actually knows how to knit. As you didn't know that. Wow. I had no idea. Well, I guess if she ever does it, then how would you know? I Discoveries. Think I didn't know about it because, like you, Scott, she was traumatized as well. Uh, because as a kid, she would learn to knit with her grandma, but her, I yeah. guess her grandma would get real mad when she oh. didn't do it right. Oh. So she knew how to knit, but just never liked to do it. Yeah. So we never yeah. knit. And then That's she was funny. like... I can teach you how, like as we were fumbling through this exercise, which, by the way, the um, Taylor and who else? Cindy, Cindy and Di Lopez. And yeah. Di Lopez did an amazing job, like yes. getting supplies. Very patient ladies. Yes. Oh, yes. Oh, so sweet. Their hearts yeah. were golden as mm-hmm. we were all like cursing underneath our breaths, like I'm just tying <laughs> knots in this string. And Missy was like, I can help you get that undone. And I was like, okay. And then she actually did and like started to do a row for me. And I was like, oh, you actually like know how to That's knit. so funny. It really was. My grandma actually taught me how to knit too, but oh. I did not remember any of it. I hadn't done it. And okay. she had like a little, um, like a magazine rack like they yeah. used to have back in the like 80s mm-hmm. next to her uh, or actually part of her chair. But hers just had all of her knitting supplies in it. So yeah. my grandpa would be like watching football and my grandma would just be sitting there no knitting. Way. And uh, she taught me once and I it, I was able to pick it up. But I, I think I was like eight or nine and okay. I did never never did anything with it afterwards. Huh. So it was fun to be in the room and learn that. But yeah. I gave I did the one, you know, on the first thing and then once sure. I had to add the st- the second Yes. Um a little crossover thing. What's yeah. the what was that was actually Needles. knitting. Yeah, when you yeah. actually started knitting. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was I found out the first part was just like getting ready to knit. Yep. <laughs> just the warm up. I was like, Yeah, hey, I got this. And I know, it's right? Like, well, you're not actually yeah, knitting exactly. at this point. So <laughs> how did you end up doing it? Were you able to like actually, pick it up? Yeah, I did okay, but I wouldn't I I understood it enough to do it right, but if I did it wrong, I wouldn't I didn't understand deep enough on how to fix it. Oh yeah. So anytime I tied a knot or knew that I messed up somehow, I just kinda kept plowing through yeah. and then it just looked kind of funny. But yeah. Sweet Taylor came over and she's like, well, there's one little mess up here, but it'll be fine. Yeah. You could just keep going. I was like, mm, okay. will it though? <laughs> will my square look yeah. like a square? But then it was fun because I was sitting next to Phil and oh. watching him try to do it. And he was getting very frustrated as well. And then his wife and his son showed up and okay. yeah, it was pretty funny. Fun. <laughs> uh, Scott, did, awesome. you, did you grow up near your grandparents at all? 
in Montana? Uh, uh, my my grandmother and my step grandfather were uh, yeah they were about an hour from us growing up. My other oh. set of parents, our grandparents, and the whole side of the family is in New Jersey. So you got it. Uh, so we never saw that once once in a great while. But yeah, yeah so yeah, my grandma wasn't much of a knitter. She was. No. Uh, did she uh, teach you how to do anything? She uh, play cards and drink. Where it really was kind of her. <laughs> she, my, oh. my grandmother had. Yeah, she was yeah. kind of sassy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I laugh when I think my. Uh, she loved practical jokes. My grandma was a real jokester. Really? That's yeah. Amazing. Oh yeah, and she, but uh, yeah, she had this cackling laugh. She would just you know pulling over on you and laugh hysterically. Oh my and, gosh. Yeah, she was a she was a character. I mean. Uh, all the way and feisty. So uh, longer story there, but never knitting was not on the table, okay. really. Yeah, that's so funny. <laughs> that is really funny. Yeah, because um, we we talked in your messages about Jesus' teaching this past Sunday, mm -hmm. and I just thought it was kind of fun how we've all kind of learned something from our grandparents. Mm -hmm. You said knitting. I think I've mentioned before that I grew up next door to my grandpa, mm. uh, and he taught us all sorts of things: how to fish, yeah, play cards a little bit too. We'd play hand and foot. That was my grandpa's oh, game yeah, of choice. Yeah don't remember how to play now yeah. but uh That's he funny. would have all of his friends over and sometimes when they didn't have enough people it was it was funny because it was like i think thursday mornings or friday mornings were cards day so all these old people's cars would show up in front of my grandpa's house and they'd always get like a big thing. They do a little potluck of oh Chinese food gosh, and amazing. play cards in the morning. If they needed an extra person, they would out call like one of the cousins to come and fill in oh and play with gosh. the old people. Yeah, it was really fun. But um, yeah, we learned about basically Jesus as teacher this past week. So Scott, let's dive a little bit more into your message. Yeah. And if you could summarize it for us and we got some questions for you. Yeah. Well, you know that the... The idea of knitting was um, uh, remind it reminded me the, the experience of it, just how mm -hmm. um, you to learn something, you know, you have to humble yourself, right? You have <laughs> to you have to put yourself in a position of being a learner, yeah. and you have to put yourself in a position where you might fail mm -hmm. um, and you might get frustrated. And I, I think you know, kids seem somehow seem more able to do that, yeah. uh, but as we get older, uh, that gets harder. I just I want to be. I want to be really good at it right away. Mm -hmm. I don't want to have to go through the pain of it, um, and and to um, you know to sit and be and be patient um, with myself, mm -hmm. um, to be humble, and, that, and that's that's kind of the uh, lead into the sermon, which is you know to learn anything we need to have that uh, posture, mm -hmm. but especially in learning from Jesus, um, and uh, so we were talking about how we experience Jesus as our teacher, our rabbi, um, and and how we sit at. Uh, Jesus's feet. It's kind of one of those uh, words, those phrases, um, colloquial phrases that we hear. But it really came from this kind of idea of the disciples sitting around uh, their master's feet, learning mm -hmm. um, in that posture of humility and uh, realizing they don't, you know, they don't have it all figured out. They need to learn. Um, and then also part of that learning, right, is is in real time. Um, it wasn't just a lecture class. Jesus actually lived with his disciples, right? So they went out and they tried stuff and they mm -hmm. failed and then he corrected them. And um, it was really this apprenticeship idea as well. So, um, and I think, you know, in this season of Lent, as we think about Jesus as our teacher, we're, this is a renewed sense that I need to be in a learning posture, mm -hmm. um, no matter how old I am, no matter how much I know, no matter how long I follow Jesus, we're always learning, we're always growing. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, Lent can be a time when I really look inside and say, mm -hmm. how am I doing with that? Mm -hmm. um, have I grown stale? Have I, you know, maybe I know lots of things. How, how, how is this teaching also impacting mm -hmm. 
how I actually live. That's, that's kind of the next yeah. level. Yeah. So. yeah. And I love how in your message you mentioned, I think right around that same time as the knitting example was the idea of a fixed mindset versus a growth mindset mm-hmm. and how a fixed mindset can lead into I'm stuck in my ways or I don't want to try. Uh, and then the opposite of that being a growth mindset is you're open to new ideas. You're mm-hmm. open to learning. And that does come with kind of a posture of humility. And so uh, you mentioned a few things just now on ways in which, you know, a growth mindset might apply to our spiritual life. So I'm just wondering, as we're journeying together in Lent, what are some ways that we can try to adapt and really embrace this growth mindset? What could that look like for us? Yeah, uh, well, I think, you know, first of all, you have to realize that um, the Christian life isn't about being perfect, right? Mm-hmm. Following Jesus mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so those of us that are recovering mm-hmm. perfectionists kind of have to recognize <laughs> sure. that the, that's not the goal, that the yeah. goal, uh, and, and in fact, you know, wow. this is um, in this section of scripture that we look at, we see Jesus um, having very sharp criticism mm-hmm. of the Pharisees who yep. knew all the rules, yep. um, but didn't actually, they didn't actually make a difference in their life and in the way they lived it out. They were missing, mm-hmm. you know, the love uh and and the heart behind those things, mm-hmm. um, so they were kind of empty. And I think to re- to have a growth mindset means I have to know that I'm loved, um, mm-hmm. that I have to be secure in that. So that's another thing. Do I trust that the teachers, right. you know, not gonna, uh, you know, you mentioned Missy had a kind of a tough teacher with her knitting, right? Mm-hmm. I have to. Uh, uh, I want a gentle teacher who's going mm-hmm. to. Um, you know, encourage me and, and be with me. And Jesus does that with his disciples. We see that over and over again. So that gives us confidence to say, okay, I'm going to go out. I, I don't think I'm going to get this right, but I'm going to go out and try mm-hmm. and, uh, and then come back uh, and, you know, to Jesus and say, I'm, I'm trying. I'm, I'm, but that, that humility to say, I'm going to fail. And I think the other piece is just realizing that um, when we talk about the spiritual life, particularly in the moral life, um, we can't actually do it without Jesus's help. You know, uh, um, one of the, my, the question I ended the kind of sermon with or towards the end was, you know, how do we avoid the fate of the Pharisees? Right. Um, yeah. And we can't actually avoid that fate. We all kind of turn things into those sort of rules and try to earning God. We always keep moving toward that. How can I earn? How can I be perfect? And, uh, and we need God's help to even, uh, be able to, to grow. And Mm so I think just remembering that we're dependent Mm. Remembering that we will fail, remembering that Jesus is a kind and loving teacher who, as long as we're trying, mm. will be there for us. So that helps. Um, Definitely. Yeah. I think, too, there's something to, like, our uh, seasons of life are so different. And mm. so maybe you read a scripture when you're 17 and it means one thing to you, but 10 years later you read it again and it's a totally new concept to you. Um, and I know for me personally, just, uh, I've talked about the Bayma podcast before, and mm-hmm. I feel like I've just learned so much about God and who he was in the old Testament so mm-hmm. far. And, um, it's easy for me to get frustrated that I am just now learning this. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why wasn't I taught this earlier? Why was I taught it so wrong? Mm-hmm. But I think this is such a good reminder of like, but we're always learning and growing. So it's okay that like you didn't know that before, except that you can be Mm -hmm. thankful Mm -hmm. that you are now learning something new about God and who he is Mm -hmm. and Jesus and who he is. Um, And I'm curious if there's anything that you would say in your life in the last couple months, maybe that um, you've learned something new about God and who he is 
um, or you can answer this too, sure. Mark, and mm -hmm. how that has impacted maybe your life a in a new way. Yeah, uh, I think that's really true, Jess, that we read uh, the scriptures um, from whatever place we are mm -hmm. at that time. And, you know, the scriptures read us as well. Um, and, uh, yeah, uh, as I think about that, um, even as I was thinking about the sermon a little bit, um, the the story of the prodigal son came to my mind a bit. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, mm -hmm the different characters in there and how you, uh, uh, Ignatian spirituality, you know, we think a lot about that with Lectio Divina, that's something mm. we often do, but there's another way to pray um, kind of an Ignatian style, and that is mm. to, you know, you uh, kind of like it's a movie, right? And these scenes, yeah. mm -hmm. um, so, you know, a narrative, you have kind of these characters in the movie mm -hmm. um, of the story that that's being told, and you inhabit one of those characters, mm -hmm. and you try to imagine how they're, what they're feeling and yeah. thinking and experiencing, mm -hmm. and you take that before Jesus. And I think the prodigal son's one of those where, you know, when I was younger, I could imagine myself more uh, as the son who went away, you know, who mm -hmm. goes away and yeah. uh, who leaves um, and and comes back, kind of broken, um, and and does that. But uh, you know, as I've grown older, um, I resonate a lot more with the the elder son who. You know, now I'm doing everything right, and uh, aren't I good? <laughs> yeah, and why totally. are you not blessing me, God? I have those arguments with God. I mm -hmm. see myself a lot in that. And then, you know, in my better moments with my own kids, I think of the benevolent father and trying to be that for for my kids. Mm -hmm. And at my age, um, there's some of that giving back and some of that hoping for those folks that I know um, need that kind of presence in their life that's just there ready to welcome them home. So, mm. so I, I think that's maybe one of those places yeah. where I can see myself at different stages um, identifying with different people in the story um, or you know, verses that, um, like the Pharisees, I might have been really legalistic about when I was younger. Mm. Um, they've softened uh, with time. And, and I'd say Jesus to me... Um, there, I'd say in this season of my life, there's kind of this sweetness of, of closeness. Um, mm. We've been through some battles together, and uh, mm -hmm. you know, I, I think I've let go. Um, and part of that's the humbling process. Part of that, mm. you know, you, you, you life will humble you <laughs> either way. You can be bitter about it, or you can let let it go and surrender it, which is hopefully what happens during Lent in some way. But um, yeah, I think I've there's just some of those edges have come off and. There's just some of that where I just, I just open my hands. I have nowhere else to go. Mm -hmm. So yeah, you mentioned Ignatian as practices. Can you talk about a little bit more of who originated that and maybe how some of those can apply to as we're journeying together towards Lent, just uh, looking at this season in a different way or different lenses. Um. Yeah. I mean, Ignatian practice to me is um, a lot of. Uh, uh, allowing the spirit to speak through scripture, um, more through the, more than just the content of the words, yeah. but, um, how those words through the Holy spirit impact your life and heart. And so, um, mm -hmm. Eugene Peterson used to talk about, uh, uh, that we all need a baptized imagination that we yeah. need, a uh, this, that, that, that our, um, creative side to let God in the spirit into that. And so I think there's a big piece of that there. Um, I, I mentioned this in the sermon, but I love the the, the idea that um, contemplation is a long, loving look at the real. Um, and if mm. Um, mm. 
and, and I think that's what Lent really is about. It's a long, loving look yeah. at the real. Yeah. Um, it's a long look. It's, it's not a, a quick a check the box, but it's a, I'm going to take a good, hard look at my life. Um, and I'm going to do it with love, the, the love that God has for me. And even to receive that myself, it's not, I'm not looking for a gotcha. I'm not looking to see where I fail, but I'm going to look with open eyes and I'm going to look at what's real and not what I want to be true, mm-hmm. but what's actually true. Yeah. And I think, um, in Lent, if we do that and we open ourselves and it can be painful, right? There's oh. stuff I don't want to look at. There's stuff I don't want to see, sure. but if I can do that, um, and I can offer that before God, then that can be redeemed and held. And I think that's, yeah. to me, that, that yeah, the nation idea, there's a lot of, it's a lot to the whole thing, but I think particularly that idea during Lent is, is pretty powerful and can really be helpful. I would agree. And mm-hmm. I think something that's awesome about this season is once we get a little bit closer to Easter, we can kind of read like in real time where God was. And for mm-hmm. me, it's like, oh, it's like, three days before when we celebrate Easter. So we kind of know where Jesus was or what he was doing. And it makes it that much more real to me when I imagine myself in the garden or at the table or watching Jesus on the cross, like in, you know, our calendar or, and so (laughs) for me, it feels like the Bible is just so richly alive during this season. Mm. Mm -hmm. And something that is helping with that is the devotional material that we've created. So that's been really fun as well. And as a staff, we've been doing these uh, cohorts where we'll come together in different staff member teams. And we had an exercise where we read through the entire book of John in one sitting. Mm -hmm. And that just to answer kind of your question about something recently that happened, like Mm -hmm. that exercise really stretched and, and grew hmm. like, or just kind of made the Bible and made God's character and nature come through a little bit differently than before. It's been a long time since I've read through one chapter yeah, um, in one sitting. And again, it's just like, Scott, you said something about how like scripture, we don't just read scripture, but scripture, scripture reads us too. Mm-hmm. I felt like scripture was reading me mm-hmm. during that time. So yeah, kind of fun. That's cool. Um, and I, I just love how, practical kind of we're, we're diving into a lot of these things as well and so scott you you know towards the end of your message you talked about pharisees and how to actually like live out what's happening mm-hmm. in in you know as we are journeying with jesus and as we're um learning more about his teachings and so um you gave some uh examples of that on how to how to do that in the, closing your message is there any of those that maybe were particularly challenging for you or any that you feel like you left off the table or want to double click on and kind of expand on more on how can we actually live out and humble ourselves this week yeah yeah i i, th- I think to i think this is the challenge for for all of us mm-hmm. um who love the bible and love to study the bible is um uh and i kind of gave the the Francis Chan story yeah. that, that uh, yeah. was lovely. But, um, you know, I think if we, if we lived out the one one hundredth of the Bible that we know fully, the world would, would change. Um, mm-hmm. I, th- I think uh, this phrase is, it's not new to me. It's been bound, ba- bandied about a lot, but the idea that we're educated beyond our obedience um, is, yeah. wow. I think, I think something that, wow. um, you know, we don't, it's a way to sort of dodge just simply obeying what God has said to do is to say, well, I want to study it some more. I want to learn mm-hmm. more about that. And, and here's the, here's the challenge is some things are really plain in scripture and really obvious. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but some things require some thought and some nuance and some consideration, you know? Um, and so how, and there's things that, you know, depending on the context. So there are some legitimate reasons, but we can use those to avoid just basically, you know, uh, doing the basic things we need to do, you know, the yeah. love your neighbor as yourself, mm -hmm. you know, go and, uh, uh, love the poor, you know, all the things we're told to do. Um, but that there's sort of this daily moment by moment kind of obedient life that I need to have to the spirit. And, mm. um, it is, it is not easy, but, uh, the more we put those into place, the more we try to, you know, in the same spirit, we said, not, not in a way that's condemning, but in a way that says, I trust that, that living this kind of life mm -hmm. is the best life. You know, it's, 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 it's living the life I was made to live, to become the person I'm meant to be. If we, if we really believe that, um, and we just loved our neighbors as ourselves and love God with all we had, um, I think the world would look like a different place. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I think that's the, I, so I would say sort of to sum that up is, you know, just try to take one thing that you feel like God is calling you to do um, and and just try to do it. <laughs> it's so simple, right? Yeah. But don't try to do a hundred things. Maybe it's just one thing, one place where you know you and God are kind of wrestling it out and just say, okay, uh, what if I actually just did what he said to do? You know, what yeah. if I gave that money or volunteered at that place or whatever God is mm -hmm. speaking to you about? And some of that's the teaching and commandments and all that, but some of that's just those nudges we get from the Holy Spirit, mm -hmm. and we know they're from God. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I like that, mm. and I like that because it takes attentiveness and it takes a humility mm. and a posture of, okay, God, like if I I'm going to trust you in this, and I know that I might stumble along the way, but I'm learning to trust your character that you are forgiving, and so um, yeah, as you're talking, it just it it seemed like. You, saying yes to one thing requires a posture and a humility that we kind of saw as a through line through all of your message, which is take a step in trust and trusting requires a relationship. And I think as we are trying to really um, focus on that for these 40 days in every morning in scripture or through, through certain practices that we're going through as a church, it's easier for me personally to trust in God's character more the more that I'm mm. with him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So sure. I appreciate that. Yeah. And I know, I know, it's, uh, you know, it's the funny thing about coming clean with, you know, another person or with God is mm. that you feel closer when you do that, right? Yeah. The more I try to pose, um, I just, it builds a wall there. And mm -hmm. so, you know, I think Lent is that time when actually, you know, by the end you, you feel this sense of depth of, uh, of, of love for Jesus that maybe you wouldn't. And I think that's the power of it um, yeah. at the end of the day. Because um, you're like, I just, I'm going to be real with you. You know, yeah. I like, I don't think I want to follow what you're saying right now, Jesus. <laughs> I don't want to do it. You know? Um, no, I never say that. Yeah, never say that. <laughs> well, and, but it, Jesus tells that story uh, at the beginning, kind of the, the section that we looked at today of the, of the son who, who said he was going to do it and he didn't. Mm -hmm. And then the son who said, no, I'm not going, but went and did it anyway. Mm -hmm. He was honest, right, in the front end, but then he was obedient in that. Um, mm -hmm. And that was what was pleasing to God. So yeah. be honest. I love that. Right. But then just do it anyways. But then do it anyways. <laughs> just do it. And then it became a Nike commercial. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, 
growing up, did you did you um, in your faith tradition? That was a weird way to phrase that. But did it involve Lent or <laughs> Lenten practices? Or when was the first time you experienced this Lenten season? Um, it's a good question. Um, yeah, I, I think growing up we weren't real big on Lent. Um, you know, it comes largely from Catholicism in general. Um, a lot of the more high church traditions do, and, and they're very serious about it. Um, but uh, Presbyterians, which has kind of been my tradition, um, certainly um, it's been part of, of, of the liturgy for, for a long time as well. And uh, depending on the church you're in, they can celebrate um, you know, more for, but there is a liturgy for Ash Wednesday and for yeah. Lent and all those days. And then uh, another thing, uh, Presbyterians, uh, some churches I was a part of um, would do is the Easter Vigil, uh, which is this kind of um, where you move between stations um, on the on the uh, you know on the night before Easter, um, mm. and uh, a lot around Good Friday. So there's, I think those things are really rich with meaning um, if we let them do that, yeah. but. We've, I think some of our churches, we've lost that, uh, mm -hmm. but I'm glad we're doing it here and I'm glad we're kind of trying to, mm -hmm. to take the best of it and not make it um, another thing that we do or a box mm -hmm. we check or mm -hmm. excuse to give up chocolate, um, but right. it's, it's actually something that can be transformative, yeah. Yeah. Speaking of giving up chocolate, it's really hard when it's also Girl Scout cookie season. Uh, who yeah, who lined those up? Yeah. <laughs> I did not give up chocolate, and I do have Girl Scout cookies. So. Nice. <laughs> I was thinking, uh, you know, Lunar New Year, too, is right now. Yeah, and yeah, so, yeah. you know, there's all the goodies that come along with that, too. And mm -hmm. so it's, uh, yeah, it's a challenge. There's no, it's not an easy time. <laughs> no, it's not. Um, I was talking with some friends that either grew up Catholic or that's still kind of like in their roots or in their tradition. And when I told them, like, our Presbyterian take on this season, they were like, that feels pretty rich and less uh, rigid mm -hmm. or more like a personal thing of growth as opposed to a thing of restriction. Yeah. yeah. Um, not to say that one is better than the other, because I'm sure that it can be done well in Catholic or in Catholicism as well. Mm. But I do appreciate the attentiveness that we're giving to it to uh, not, not make it about giving things up only to look forward to that on the 40th day. But for this to be a process of transformation to on the 40th day, maybe that habit is no longer there. Mm -hmm. And so mm. I'm really appreciating that about this season. And yeah. so, um, Scott, anything else that you wish you could have included in your message? I know you don't get to preach that often. So maybe there's just something else maybe on your heart that you'd love to share with our community in general. The floor is yours. Wow. So I know. So much. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, the, the, this idea of of sitting with Jesus teaching, um, I, I I really enjoyed getting to to dive into that a little bit. And I, um, you know, this particular passage is the passages that we're studying, um, kind of in this whole uh, Jesus's Passion Week, were pretty pointed. Um, mm. So the Pharisees, um, you know, really get the uh, full you know boat of Jesus's criticism here and. Um, I think it's easy to look at them and say, um, you know, those guys are bad and we're good. But sure. um, to remember that, you know, we all have that tendency in us. And to yeah. the, hip, the idea of hypocrisy is something that uh, I wish I could have talked a little more about because mm -hmm. I think that's a real buzzword. Mm -hmm. I think, mm -hmm. um, you know, it's something that the culture levies at, at Christians and churches where you're a bunch of hypocrites. Um, mm -hmm. 
And the truth is we are, um, you know, we, we, we say one thing and we do another all the time. Um, and again, without Jesus, we can't help, but, but do that. Um, we don't li- we, we don't live up to our best selves. And, um, but I do think, um, to own that and to be humble in that, um, is, is something the world needs to see. Um, I think what's hard is when we say, no, you know, we're perfect or we, some, we, maybe we don't say it outright, but we act like it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we lack the humility, mm-hmm. which is what the Pharisees lacked, right? They thought they had it all figured out. Um, they thought they knew. Um, and so whenever we, whenever, we're ten, whenever we have a tendency to do that, I think the, the world uh, sees it and we lose our voice and we lose our, um, our chance to, to really speak into it. So that, that, that's kind of the deeper thing here is I, I want people to not just see um, the warning to the Pharisees, but also receive that as, hey, um, how can we live in, in the world hum- humbly realizing that we also struggle with this and that mm-hmm. um, if, we're, if we're honest and open, it can, it can be a great witness to the world. So that would be the, the piece I would love to that's great. toss out there too. That's great. Did Jesus invent the word hypocrite? <laughs> I heard that at some point, and I don't know. I've never fact checked that, but at one point I heard that. I don't know if it's true or not. You might know or not. Well, I think um, my understanding is, is it was a Greek. There was a it was a Greek word that looked like that, but I think it had to do with putting on masks, uh-huh. um, and it was more related to drama. So um, maybe it was the first. But you have one. to fact check yeah. me on that the word study but okay. yeah that's my that's my understanding well if anyone else out there knows you can text us 650-600-0402 let us know <laughs> that's right according to reddit <clears throat> oh reliable okay yeah, yeah. <laughs> you want to keep going it just says jesus invented the word hypocrite to describe the religious leaders of his day and ever since it's been in style to preach loving your neighbors while simultaneously simultaneously doing the opposite hmm. And then it says, the isn't hypocrite yeah. a Greek yeah. word? Jesus spoke Aramaic. Yeah. And someone responded, it is not implausible that people in that area... Oh, no. Yeah, people were multilingual then, more so oh, than it, us now. It took away my That's screen, okay. so I can't watch it anymore. <laughs> it's the, the culture of outrage will find a way to yeah. black out your... But yeah, you know, it's... Uh, I mean, Jesus had, that's one, I mean, he's making up words uh, to just tell them how bad they are, but he's, he's, uh, I, I think that says something about, you know, another just, uh, at the end of the passage, he just, he's lamenting um, Jerusalem. He says, you know, how I wish to, I could gather you uh, like a hen gathers her young, and yet, you know, you've been led astray, and, um, you know, the people that you're supposed to care about, you're not, and you're sitting, you know, all these people that are supposed to be the ones that are fighting for the least of these are sitting at the fancy tables. And, and, you know, it's just, it's just such a mess. And you can tell Jesus, and I love that he's so protective and so frustrated. And so, um, and it, it comes out, you know, he has, he's really upset. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that should be sobering in some ways to yeah. us too. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, it also is encouraging that, Jesus, God will always look out for the least of these. Um, so, yeah. I love that. Well, thanks, everybody. Um, Scott, thank you. Welcome. Thanks for being here. Yeah. Always fun. Yeah. And if you need anything this week, again, everyone that's that's been sending in prayer requests, thank you so much. Mm. We've gotten a ton recently. And just, again, know that those don't go um, unprayed for. So 
Um, we are with you. We're praying with you. You can text us your questions that we could also answer. Um, we have a few that are lined up, so we'll do an episode probably strictly for that coming up soon, so you can look forward to that. Text us your questions, text us your prayer requests, and we'll see you in person soon. We've got a lot going on, um, yeah. a lot going on between now and Easter. Um, we have some events coming up in March that are going to be really mm-hmm. fun, so you'll hear a little bit about that soon. And then, of course, we have our Good Friday service mm-hmm. at Mountain View, and yeah. then we have our services for Easter Uh Everywhere in person as well as online. So, Jess, did I miss anything? That might have been the first you heard that there's a Good Friday service. We haven't fully announced that yet. So you You heard heard it it here here first. first. Wow. Our Mountain View campus is hosting it this year. um, And it will be streamed online as well. That'll be at 7 p.m. Okay. Fun. Go to menlo.church slash Easter and all that information information is on there as well. And you, I think you should share a little bit if we have time right now of... Uh, you shared in our team the other day about how important Good Friday yeah. has impacted your Easter weekend. Yeah. yeah. Growing up, uh, Good Friday was not something that we celebrated mm-hmm. in the church that I grew up in. And it was a new to me at Menlo thing. And so the first time I attended a Good Friday service is, I think, maybe six years ago now. And it was like, it just gave so much more depth to Sunday. And it really set the stage for me to be in, like, as you were saying, feeling like I was there. Mm -hmm. And the way that we've structured our Good Friday services is a lot of that. It's very contemplative. Mm -hmm. It's very, um, I don't want to say, maybe somber would be a good good word for it, where we're coming and we're sitting and we're reading through these scripture passages, and we're not hearing much outside of that like we're really just trying to embody that night and it was sad to be honest it made me really sad which then made me that much more joyous on easter so if you haven't attended a service like that before we'd love for you to do so it Mm -hmm. really paints the picture well and just gets yeah Gets you in a good space for yeah. for for Easter Sunday. So, and if you're like me, like an Enneagram Seven, and that sounds like a nightmare to you, I will encourage you to <laughs> step out of your comfort zone, comfort comfort zone. Yep. Obey. There and, you go. You know, oh, listen to yeah. Take a step. That honestly, could be your on it. Could yeah, be it. Yeah. it is very very powerful. It is hard. Mm-hmm. It is a weird service to yes. be in, and but to really put yourself mm-hmm. in that spot and in the in that mindset really does impact your weekend for the better and i think mm-hmm. it's just a, a horribly beautiful way to start the weekend one of the um you know just to connect that to the sermon um one of the things i always feel in a good friday service is sort of this um just embarrassment. Oh, I don't know how else to say it that mm. why that jesus had to do that for me yeah. oh, i don't yeah. like the thought yeah that yeah. I, that my sin that sent Jesus to the cross, I don't like the idea of him having to rescue me. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a humility, right? right? There's totally. a pride in that. And there's a, and to be confronted with that mm-hmm. is just so um, heavy and, and mm-hmm. important and changing. So I need to be reminded of that every year. Yeah. Cause, yeah. Oh, so. and I cry every year too. Yeah. So it's, it's, yeah. but it's powerful. It's great. Oh. Well, again, thanks, Scott. Welcome. Um, yeah. yeah. Glad yeah. to be here. Everybody take a step this week. And when you hear uh when you hear that voice in your head that say that says don't do it, it's not worth it, just hear Scott saying take a step. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> Have a great week, everybody. Bye. See ya.